0: Welcome to the Word is Smart Podcast, brought to you by Anchor FM, YouTube and all good podcast providers. Hello and welcome to the fourth episode of the Word is Smart Podcast, if you have looked across the social media, if you've looked on YouTube, obviously YouTube has got to get going. I've got two videos currently in the works. They will be with you soon. If you look across the website, that's pretty much the same. But social media has pretty much changed. The handle is now twim. So that's I-T-Z-T-W-I-M. I'm still going to go by the words smart Persona. But it kind of links in with what's going to be going on in the future. Um... And connections wise and just overall how I'm going to kind of market the kind of um, identities is the whole entity of the word is marked. So that is why that's going down. This episode's more of the relaxed episode. I always say the Wednesday episode is the one that I may not keep, the optional one, which I'm doing right now because the podcast is the best format that I can use to really re- release something every single week, uh, a couple of times a week. The Saturday episode, I want to keep all the time. That's something that I want to do continuously. I might take a break here and there as a cut between seasons or series, but ultimately, the Saturday is where I want to keep it. The Wednesday is optional. Now, when I get going into videos for YouTube and pushing on the blog a bit more on the website, I may reduce the Wednesday episode, either cut it completely or cut it being... Like uh, continuously every week, Um, but that's all to be um, figured out in time. But I will let you know the plans. Now, going with this episode, I was going to do a bonus episode past Sunday about Roy Jones Jr. and Mike Tyson, but I felt it only really needs a very, very little minute part of this episode, so I thought I'd do it here. Mike Tyson really hung around more so than what I thought he would and I think a lot of people were surprised about the fact that he lasted as long as he did because he wasn't known in his prime as being a a hang-around fighter that could go the length or hang-around boxer because he couldn't go the the length ultimately. Um, Roy Jones Jr, we know what he is. He played a perfect boxer's Fight. He played it very smart going into the clinch. The fans, on a fans' perspective, weren't happy with the fight for that aspect because. Um, A lot of people just like making the joke of it that it was like he's hugging him and keeping him there and stuff but you've got Mike Tyson in there you don't want to get him to where he's laying down shots because one the morale goes fully on Tyson's side which allows him to get stronger and stronger because he's ultimately starting to feel um, good in a way in another way bad. And ultimately, because the energy's on his side, he's starting to feel like, yeah, I can really knock out this ego of um, you're nothing and the downside that he has about him, which is why, in a way, the way that Mike Tyson thinks helps him in the ring. Having the good and the bad, the devil, the angel on the shoulder, it kind of helps him in a way because, ultimately, he's always fighting against himself. um, And the opponent is pretty much just the the boxing bag that's going to get the hammering. Um, Yeah, Tyson hung around. Jones Jr., he didn't win by length. It went to a draw. Now, why ultimately it might seem a bit, eh, as a draw, and a lot of people think Tyson won because he actually landed more shots in there. But the draw kind of helps them in the sense of, one, they can repackage it and do it all again. Two, they can really focus on bringing in other people of different weights now whether Roy wants to stick kind of heavyweight level or whether he wants to drop weight is up to him he might find it a bit harder now these days uh we know Tyson can do it but he ain't you know want to drop any lower than heavyweight um but it gives them the option to kind of explore bringing other fighters in. We know Lennox Lewis wants to come back in. Uh, he's already flirting with the idea of coming out of retirement. So that would be perfect for a Legends League. We know Steve Collins really wants to get a Roy Jones Jr. So they've got options. So then being on an equal playing field kind of helps from that standpoint. Um... Definitely, if they can bring in other fights with others and then kind of reel it all back around to coming back to Mike Tyson and Roy at a later date. Um, So, uh, Roy could pretty much fight on the next card against Steve Collins, Mike Tyson could have a card where he goes against Alex Lewis and then all rounds up by the end of the following year, uh, Roy Jones Jr and Mike Tyson, the rematch. They can really do so much with it, it really packages everything together. Um, the other major kind of mixed opinion deal that went on with that fight was Snoop Dogg being commentary. A lot of people loved it because he's got a comedic value about him. Me personally, I kind of lean on the side of not being too happy about the idea of it. Yeah, I get it, he's funny, he says some funny, sh- but at the same time, When you call two of the greatest boxers of all time, oh, they're like my uncles fighting at the barbecue, that doesn't promote what they've got going on. These are two of the greatest boxers of all time. They're trying to make a league of legends and pull everything together. They're really trying to open up the doors, give people the opportunity to see the legends of the past because, let's face it, boxing isn't what it is. If someone wants to actually put in the effort to get it back to you know just being a viewable thing whether it's just as an entertainment form or whether it is as a pure vicious boxing form that people want to watch like gladiators fighting or whether it is an entertainment thing just like a basic yeah casual yeah this is on tonight let's throw that on or oh this is coming up on the sunday i kind of want to see it that is better than nothing for boxing fans it's worth something now boxing is very much under these days because of mma really taking that format so if people like mike tyson and roy jones want to try and bring this sport back up we shouldn't be trying to tear them down by saying stupid shit now yeah i get it comedic value it kind of helps here and there but i don't feel like it kind of helped this situation it kind of combats against it we're trying to build these two figures as being two of the best of all time, two that are still really with it, two that have still got what they had in them, they've still got that animal mentality, they still want to get in there, they still want to go the rounds. You know, and they actually went the format, so you can't, well, uh, kind of. <laughs> but they they lasted, is what I mean. No one got knocked out. It went the full length, so we know they can go the time. We know they can do that. Roy, probably not so much if he wasn't playing the smart game and clinching up. But at the same time, maybe if Michael's getting someone that was heavy hitting him, he wouldn't. But he's Mike Tyson, what are you going to do? Ultimately, I don't think it was valuable to have Snoop downgrade that match, to be honest. Yeah, throw him in with Jake Paul and um, Nate Robinson. That's fine, because to me, that is kind of comedic right now. YouTube boxing has really got to build itself to a a perfect format they've got to prove that's worth something we know that Roy Jones and Mike Tyson were worth something because they dominated the 90's and the early 90's so we know they're worth something they came up through the amateurs, they went for pro when boxing was actually being watched as a main fighting category entertainment we know they're worth something YouTube, it's been played as a comedic, comedic value item, so They've really still got to prove that over. Celebrity boxing, that's always been kind of comedic. So Nate Robinson coming in as an NBA star, going up against a YouTuber, it was always going to have comedic value in it. So that's how that is right now. Until they actually work a way to kind of get themselves in a actual position of it being really worth anything other than being casual entertainment, then you know it's kind of got that about it where you can have a celebrity commentator and it will help them ultimately because the youtuber is going to get more for subs and everything from it um and you know the nba star the celebrity that comes in they're probably going to build up even more of a following out of it so it's beneficial and now because of all that i'm probably gonna to have to put this episode on explicit just for one word but it is what it is let's keep going Now, I haven't read it yet, but Assassin's Creed Valhalla has Gertman's Saga by Matthew J. Kirby, Matthew J. Kirby has wrote a bunch of Assassin's Creed, he's always done the novels as well he's known as a decent author so i'm looking forward to getting into the book but if you are an assassin's fan or currently running along assassin's creed valhalla it's probably worth a pick up i will do a review and i'll get back to you on it as soon as possible the last book that i read was al Falco's the family corleone and this week we've got coppola releasing the godfather coda which is the third film re-edited but the way that he envisioned it, rather than Warner Brothers' hands kind of getting their mitts on what he wanted, what vision he had of it, and I think it's very much the same, or just a little tweaks here and there. But we will see. Come um, probably December eighth, because I'll probably pick it up as a a film because I know it's on th- in theaters or selective theaters on december 6th but in the uk we can't really go out and do all that yet um so december 8th it's supposed to come on prime dvd blu-ray all that stuff but ultimately the godfather series is an untouchable piece of media so the video game something that i saw in the coded trailer comments was Man, we need the video games back. They were awesome. We need remasters, blah, 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 blah. And I agree 100%. The first game, you took Aldo Trapani. You pretty much went over the events of the film, the first film. But it also had little tweaks that kind of put Aldo in places where other characters were. It kind of explored his story in little ways and how that could affect the main story and all that stuff. And then in the second film, you took kind of a lazy name. You took Dominic Corleone, which I always thought it should have been Dominic something else. Um, Some other Italian, Sicilian name that kind of spoke of being in the family, but not really a Corleone member because, you know, he's not really part of the family, but he is part of the crime family and all that stuff. (laughs) (laughs) but ultimately the second game i thought conception conception wise was awesome the family tree set out the marked man you could go and help people get a little bit of information once you've helped them out with something and then as a result you know how the kill contract on this guy in that family that is so important to that family how i can take him out go ahead and do it so that the papers would love it and so that it's going to really hurt the royal family it's actually a concept that i've always thought would really help a title that wanted to compete in the crime free open world genre so a game that wants to compete with the likes of saints row grand theft auto red dead redemption titles like that i would say the getaway but that is long gone um Saints Row away. you could also say it's long gone because any aspect that had of crime has really gone out the window but nevertheless I always thought that family tree aspect was really special and if you could take that and put it on an online aspect you got people of different ranks in a family that they've created completely you could also add the aspect of jail in there so you could serve jail time court time you could spend time in a hospital if you've been beat down or broken bones or whatever. You could have a capo regime send a soldier or a soldato to go and collect the cash from the businesses that he's took over in the week. Because why should he do it and he hasn't got the time for that because he's got bigger shit to deal with because of his underboss or Soto Capo is telling him what to do. So there's so much they could explore with that online, offline, just full creative piece like Empire of Sin that's come out now is the only mafioso-style of title we've got right now. Um, And I really feel they could explore a lot more and get something going with that. The problem was, people, EA dropped the Godfather contract because it was took back by Warner Brothers because Coppola hated the first game and even more so the second game. The first game, he said, was completely unoriginal. It was completely just tarnishing what they'd done with the Godfather 1st film. And the second one was very much the same. They even didn't do anything special with that. That was Capoda's vision of them all. Uh, He mentioned that they never really came to see me. And then the people that were developers in EA Redwood, which was the development team that created the Godfather games, Uh, They turn around and say, what's this guy talking about? Because we went to his wine place for a couple of weeks. We spoke all this over to him. He was happy enough with it. What's going on? So we don't quite know what went on there. But he was apparently happy with it and then released a statement to say, no, I hate them both. And then down the line, EA Redwood got dropped from ea they started their own development team called visceral games and then round about 2015 they went defunct and they're gone so even if they were remastered even if ea could get their paws on the warner brothers godfather contract again it would need to be a completely other team that remastered these titles or rebuilt new ones which yeah they would probably just go with a remaster and if they went with that remaster and it went in the hands of another development team. Chances are it would end up like what DICE has done with Star Wars. And it would be kind of like that I would imagine. Not really in the aspect of how it uh, like Battlefront. It wouldn't really be like that. It would be the actual Godfather games. But it would play similar to um, those a Battlefront and so on. But maybe that's not a bad thing. Maybe it is. You let me know. But overall, I've always wondered what The Godfather, what the Godfather could be in modern times. Because I am kind of a skeptic when it comes to taking something old, bringing it back, redoing it in a new way, and really pushing it out. So, my perfect example of this is when Lethal Weapon came about as a series. I said, nah, I ain't watching that. I like the movies too much. I ain't watching the series nah, not going to happen, Mel Gibson, that's lethal weapon for me. But then, when Animal Kingdom, the movie that was set, I believe in New Zealand, came about as a series on Amazon Prime and was now set in Los Angeles, I said, damn, I like the series, I ain't too keen on the movie. So I'm kind of a sceptic and torn on what pieces I actually like, And a few months ago, before a bunch of stuff went on, I actually planned on writing a piece that could be a series of The Godfather, but not really around the first film, second film, third film even, it was kind of mainly set around the times. But kind of off screen. So what we haven't seen before. So seeing what Sonny Corleone did for the likes of Clemenza as a capo regime. The kind of things that he was doing on the street. The real stuff that was going on. And the same is what I would want to do with Vincent Mancini. Who eventually becomes Vincent Corleone. Because, spoiler alert, Vincent Mancini is the biological son of Sonny Corleone. But it wasn't in marriage, so he didn't hold the Vincent Corleone name until Michael Corleone made Vincent Mancini the head of the Corleone crime family. You figure all that out. (laughs) But, ultimately, they wanted to do that already. We know that. We know that Mario Puzo and Coppola decided that they were going to do a Godfather 4 That was going to base itself in the 90s. Vincent Mancini would kind of have a retrospective story. A bit like how Michael Corleone and Vito had that retrospective story on Godfather 2. Where it jumped back between Vito and Michael. They would do the same with Godfather 4. Where it would be Andy Garcia as Vincent Corleone at modern times in the 90s as it was set. And he would basically be like a John Gotti type who eventually gets caught up by the FBI. His story was supposed to be similar similar to Pablo Escobar. That's how they wanted the big ending to be. And his retrospective would be with his father, Sonny Corleone. And they were looking to cast Leonardo DiCaprio to play a young Sonny Corleone, which could have been kind of cool. So they'd already planned for that. So if they wanted to, they could really just explore that as a Netflix series, Amazon series, whatever. Now, Andy Garcia would probably be upset by that anyway because he really wanted to explore the character Vincent Corleone. He wanted that torch by, from Al Pacino uh, playing Michael and he wanted to run with it as Vincent Corleone running the family in one film. He wanted that, but he never got it. And ultimately that comes down to the fact that Mario Puzo sadly passed away and Coppola wasn't going to do it without him, which is, you know, that's respect there. But I wouldn't be so shocked if when Coppola calls it a day or when he passes that someone tries to do that because I can't see Warner Brothers owning that whole Godfather Store like the whole print, everything, the blueprint, and not do something with it. I can't see him doing that because yeah, it's good to have the battle catalogue, but if you can take advantage of it and keep it current, which let's think about it, the films are how many years old now? They need something to kind of keep them. You know, if it's not in the modern setting, if it's not In the eyes of people now, where are the views, that kind of deal. That's what I kind of feel like the Warner Brothers may have pushed Coppola a little bit to get this done. Even though he's saying, yeah, this is on me, I wanted this. It wouldn't surprise me if he was, yeah, we think you should do it, you know. He probably spoke about it because I know he said it on interviews even a few years ago. I would really like to re-edit the third film. It wouldn't surprise me if the Warner Brothers got to this point and they're seeing how the landscape is and they've gone, you know what, we need to keep it a bit current, elbow, elbow, yeah, we think you should do it. It wouldn't surprise me. So, yeah, I could, I can see them doing more with the Godfather overall, especially as the future gets rolling some more. Red Dead Online. Finally, separating from Red Dead Redemption 2, going separate, much like its GTA counterpart, and it's now available. Not the GTA one, that's still coming, probably the middle of next year, but Red Dead Redemption Online has now gone separate from Red Dead Redemption 2. It is worth a pick up, because I'm going to do a couple of videos on YouTube very soon. If you're a podcast listener, you are getting the exclusives of what my first videos will be right now. They're going to be about GTA and Red Dead and the separation from single player and the online experiences. Red Dead Redemption Online, go check that out. So yet again, Rockstar get the jump on me. They released Red Dead Online as a separate title to Red Dead Redemption 2 more so on next-gen consoles but it's kind of classed as a PS4 title at the moment but they are releasing it on um, all formats so you can play Red Dead Redemption online without having the single player downloaded just like they're doing with Grand Theft Auto 5 and Grand Theft Auto Online later next year now this is my abrupt ending to this episode, kind of dropping the plant, dropping the seed, that my first couple of videos are going to be based around Grand Theft Auto, Grand Theft Auto Five, Grand Theft Auto Online, Red Dead Redemption 2, Red Dead Redemption Online, Red Dead Online as they call it, and very much the, what I think of all that, it's why I never really wanted to dive deep on that subject on the podcast, because I want to do that on YouTube, I want to get them across. Um, You can even find the first blog piece um, about Grand Theft Auto. That is on the unedited website that is now up. Um, I'm kind of editing beyond the scenes, but I don't want to publish that yet. I want it to be spot on before I release that. Um, But yeah, you can still see the Grand Theft Auto one. That's, That's there and set. That kind of gives an idea of what could possibly come on YouTube, hopefully by the end of this week, maybe next week. Um, there's quite a bit going on with that, but I'll let you know as soon as everything is set. But yeah, I ultimately I saw the comments about Red Dead Redemption Online going separate from Red Dead Redemption 2. It's been taken the wrong way in my eyes, um, and I'll get into that with the videos, but... All I would say is don't discount what rock stars doing now because they always come up trumps. This has been episode four. And we're going to... Let's get the music going. That's better. Now, this has been episode four, the Words podcast, and I will see you next time.